You are now listening to the Nick State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hi, everybody, and welcome into a new episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. Chip, I'm very excited about today's show. We got a couple of topics that I've been just dying to discuss, so I'll give you a little bit of a direction where we're going with it. Uh, segment number one, we are going to talk about Kevin Knox. He's been playing great, won Rookie of the Month last month, uh, and has really been playing at a high level compared to what we've seen in the preseason early on this season. So we're going to talk a little bit about Kevin Knox, and then our last segment, we are going to talk about Enos Cantor, his growing frustrations, the latest rumors that we're hearing that uh, there could potentially be a trade where the Knicks ship him out to the Sacramento Kings. Zach Randolph's name has come up. So we'll get into all those rumors in just a minute. But again, these these are topics that I've been dying uh, to get into, especially right off the bat here, some of the points that I'm going to make and. Of course, we'll jump into the discussion right now on Kevin Knox. And Chip, I'm going to get your thoughts on, on the way that he's been playing. Because Chip, he, he's looked good. He's looked real good. And I think has certainly made a lot of Nick fans happy that he was a guy that we did take. Remember draft night? Oh, there was quite a bit of people who were not very happy with Kevin Knox. One of the guy like Michael Porter Jr. I admitted I, I was intrigued by Michael Porter Jr., but I wasn't as livid as I was a couple years ago in a draft or, you know, with the Dennis Smith Jr. and the Frank Nielakina, uh debate. But, you know, it's been a, a strong start for Kevin Knox. And, and Chip, what, do you, what have you seen from him? Yeah, you're right. The the buzzwords that we heard during the draft about uh, concerns about his motor, uh, his lack of effort, lack of consistent energy, that started to show up when he struggled over, God forbid, like what, his first 10 to 12 games or whatever it was. Right. He had a rough start. You know, I think uh, the fact that Luka Doncic and DeAndre Ayton just were absolutely phenomenal at the beginning of their just right from the gate. Uh, It didn't exactly bode well for him, but I mean, those guys are just on another stratosphere. That's not really fair to compare him to them. So that wasn't very fair, but since uh, over the past, I guess it is about a month now. I, yeah, cause it was uh, December 9th when he had that breakout game against Charlotte when he played 41 minutes and he had uh, 26 points and I think 15 rebounds, right? Yes. And they lost the game, but I mean, of course they lost the game, but, (laughs) but uh, I mean, he was incredible. He had uh, his first double double. uh, Yeah. And Fisdale put him into the starting lineup the next game. Uh, He's been in the starting lineup since. And, one thing that isn't being talked about enough to me is since he, he's been put in the starting lineup, he's been in the starting lineup 13 games. He's 
averaging almost 36 minutes per game. He's playing a lot. Yes, he is. And I know he hasn't been extremely efficient. He's shooting 39.6% from the field. That's pretty low field goal percentage, but his three-point percentage is up. He's shooting almost 37%, 36.5%, 74.5% from the line, and he's averaging 16.4 points. I mean, he's played really well. I, at, that's And, yeah, he's shooting a pretty low percentage, but – that's what rookie rookies do. They when rookies shoot a lot of threes like Kevin Knox does, they shoot a low percentage. And yeah, honestly, I think he's he should probably at this point be their go to guy by the end of the season, don't you? I mean Absolutely. I, I'm not I'm not at the forefront of the Tim Hardaway hate train like a lot of like a lot of Nick's Twitter is right now. But I certainly would not consider him the go-to guy by by the end of the season uh, ahead of Kevin Knox. I assume Knox will have taken the reins from him by by what I've seen so far. Absolutely, and you know it's to me very impressive uh, of how quickly he's turned around. Uh, it was a rough start, you know. We we seen him in summer league, and he was phenomenal. And everybody was talking about him, but again, that's summer league, and that's that's the thing that you hear from a lot of a lot of guys that are wise in the media. You know, people that say, "Hold on, it's summer league," and that's and there's nothing wrong getting excited from seeing somebody put on performances like he did when we were in Vegas. But at the end of the day, it's not against the elite NBA talent. He's not going to dominate like that, you know, against. The, a regular NBA team that easily. Yeah. And again, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. I, I just wanted to say one thing that was never pointed out. He was also, if you look back, he was also well below 40% from the field during right. the summer league games. Right. His shooting percentage was very low. Right. So let's just remember that. He was, <laughs> he was the focal point though uh, of the summer league team. That's not the case with, with the, the roster when you add these other guys. Well, eventually, yeah, he is, and he's been a big part of it. He gets a, a big percentage of, of the offense production for the Knicks right now. But, you know, it, it was a fast start. Expectations were high. We get to the mm-hmm. preseason, and it was just a struggle. Uh, I think, you know, there was no question that the Knicks were trying to give him a, a starting job, and he struggled so bad that he wasn't starting at the beginning of the year. And him coming off the bench, it was a rough start. It was tough to see. It was difficult to see uh, that, you know, that same guy that a lot of people were excited about in, in the summer league, he, he wasn't the same guy on the floor. You can see it. He was looking like he was unsure of himself out there, kind of like a deer caught in the headlights. It just wasn't coming easy for him. And you look at that. You mentioned that breakout game he had. Chip, that the day before... On one of those newspapers, it might have been the New York Post, something, I don't want to say it was them because I'm not 100% sure, but there were articles out already labeling him as a bust. 10 games in, 12, whatever it was, that early on in the season, they were already yeah, I labeling. Think that was a post. That I was think the post? that was a post article. Yeah. I think I'm almost positive it was a post article. That's what I think. And they were labeling him as a bust 10 games into the season. And then we've seen a lot of Nick fans join that. Oh, this was the wrong pick. See, we should have took a guy like Michael Porter Jr., which, by the way, Michael Porter Jr. ain't going to play this season. We wouldn't have seen him. 
But, you know, or we should have got this guy, we should have grabbed this guy. You get all that debate. You get so emotional. And I think a part of it, again, is because of the expectations after the Summer League. Fans seen what he was able to do in the summer and thought that was going to be every single night. And that's not how it works. And because of that, I think it quickly turned for Kevin Knox. A lot of people started, gosh, we got another bus. And I, I know it's, this is what I really wanted to talk about right here, Chip. It just blows my mind that the media and fans turn on Kevin Knox that fast. I've seen it all over Twitter early on in the year. I've seen it. We've seen it in the media. They're calling him a bust already. But yet, but yet, they remain patient with Frank Nielakina. I hear this. I hear all the time. He's young. You got to give him some time to develop. Hello? Kevin Knox is 19 years old. He's young as well. So if you want to play that card with Frank, then why the heck are you flipping on Kevin Knox like that? Blows my mind. And it's pure stupidity. It is ridiculous that we will change our mindsets that fast on Kevin Knox through 10 games of his NBA career, but yet we will baby Frank Neal Aquina because everybody wants this pick to work out so bad. Frankly, look at everybody. And yes, at this point, I want it to work bad, work out as well. I don't want it to be a bust. I don't want it. But it just, I don't understand. How can you make excuses for one guy and then 10 games in for another guy, label him as a bust? It just, it's so stupid. And I'm so glad that right after that article, Kevin Knox has turned his season around and has been playing at a high level. I mean, over the last 30 days, he's averaging like 16 a game, uh, five rebounds. You know, the shooting percentage is not great, but he's doing a lot of things well out there on the floor, and it, it is good to see. And it just it blows my mind how we still basically baby this Frank Nielakina thing. Like, let's call it how it is. I understand he's young. I understand that it takes some time for some of these players to develop, but... Here in this exact moment right now, he ain't playing well. That's why he's barely in the rotation. You know, and, and I tweet a lot from my account and, and the Nick State of Mind uh, podcast account, and I mentioned Frank Nielakina's shot. Not really there. A little disappointing. And then I got people telling me, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. His shot has improved so much. So naturally, my question chip to them is how? Explain to me how his shot has improved. They can't give you an answer. They just say, oh, man, you could just tell. You could just tell. Tell me how. You explain to me how he's improved if you're going to make that comment. You know the answer I get back a lot, Chip? You ready? When he's out on the floor, he's shooting more. Who the heck cares? We don't celebrate field goal attempts. You're not an all-star because you take 20 field goal attempts. You're an all-star because you're making around 50% of your shots. That is not the case. He's in the 30%, okay? I remember a game, Frank was 3 of 5 from downtown. That's solid. 60% behind the arc. That's great. And somebody tweeted, do you still think that his shot's not there? Um, Yeah, 3 for 5 is good. But you failed to realize the rest of the shooting percentage. He was 3 for 10 at that point. That's 30%. Yes, the three ball was falling, but he's still shooting 30%. It just blows my mind that we will continue 
to sit here and make excuses after excuse for Frank Nealakino, but yet Kevin Knox is a bust already, and I'm so glad Kevin Knox has turned it around, and Frank is still not there yet. Can he be? Hope so. I really do hope so. But when he gets criticism, what's stop this bull crap about he's young, he's getting there? Because a lot of those people are the same ones that were yelling at Kevin Knox for being a bust. And by the way, Kevin Knox is young. Think about it. Think about it. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I've been holding this in for a long time, Chip. And tell me, am I crazy, Chip? Would you agree with this? Look, I'm not as strongly out on Franklin Lakina as you are. I think what what people mean when they say the Franklin Lakina stands that uh, that are all over Nick's Twitter are uh, what they mean when they talk about this is. Frank Nielakina is thirty for a hundred on threes this year, thirty percent. Right. He's already take he's already taken a hundred threes. Last year he took a hundred and fifty seven threes in total for the whole season, seventy eight games. So I think they what they are trying to tell you is he looks a lot more confident out there. He's a look more confident in the shot. Now to your point, the shots aren't going in. So <laughs> exactly, I don't care. But, he's taking more shots. What but, the? What difference? I can go out there and take freaking fifty threes a game. If I make two, are we going to celebrate? Because I took because I'm confident enough to shoot. Who cares? The ball's got to go in the cylinder for me to care. That's how you win games. You don't win games on field goal attempts. You win games on field goals. Though, made. Simple as that. My number one reason that I'm not concerned about Frankie Lakina is because I. The day we drafted him, when we did our draft show, we said we never expected him to be a good offensive player. Exactly, I, exactly, and that's the one thing I. That's what, but that's what drives me crazy, because role players are important, but the Knicks don't have anybody right now that's really a super. Brzingis is hurt. Okay, Brzingis is 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 a superstar. You know, no question about it. Guy has a lot of buzz around him, but he's not out on the floor. And when you're already lacking depth. You need to take the best player available. And again, this is not me saying that I, I, it's a bust at this point for Frank Nielakina. The argument I'm making is, why are we calling Kevin Knox a bust 10 games in and we're still patient with Frank Nielakina? And like I said, I hope it works out. I really do. I, I'm cheering for the kid every night. I, I feel bad when the shots aren't falling. I want them to fall. I want it to work out. I want this kid to be more than just a role player. I want him to be a solid player that can help us win for years. But right now, that's what I'm evaluating right now. Not let me evaluate in five years and see where he's at. You have to evaluate where he's at right now, like we're doing with Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox is getting it done, and and people were turning on him because 10 games in. Frank has played how many games, and we baby him. It's mind-blowing. Makes no sense. Makes absolutely no sense, but you know I'm glad that Kevin Knox is playing at this level, uh, and it certainly you know again Chip you you were happy with the draft selection. I I was also interested in Michael Porter Jr. and if you remember our draft night talks, you know I I said okay I can live with this. I I can see this guy being a solid player, and I I think he can be more than a solid player. Actually, Uh, I I really do what I like to say uh, what what I see. And I like the fact that, you know, New York's tough to play in. And the media turned on him and fans turned on him very quick. And he didn't cower. He didn't put his tail between his legs. He continued to work. And that work is paying off. 
And that says something about this kid. It really does. A lot of mm-hmm. players in this environment would have folded already. With that quickly, 10 games into your career, and they're already labeling you as a bust. He showed that he's not going to back down. He's going to look to continue to get better. And that that's the main point that I want to get across here is that he, he's doing it. He's absolutely doing it. Rookie of the month, and that's that, that's that's my final thoughts on it. Chip, do you got any final thoughts on, on what you've seen from uh, Kevin Knox, and or really anything we discussed in the segment? No, I think I, I think I said everything I want to say. I, yeah, I like you said, I, I'm really happy. About, I was happy when we made the pick. I I think I said when we made the pick, I would have been happy with him or Bridges, right? Uh, uh, Mikel, uh, Mikel Bridges, right? Uh, that is, and uh, we went with Knox, and I was okay with that. And um, so, uh, and obviously, <laughs> we made the right decision. So, uh, yeah, I I think we're going trending in the right direction with uh, Knox. And look, I, I think a lot of another argument that a lot of the Frank people make is. His chemistry with Porzingis. If you look at some of the, the some of the videos of him with Porzingis last year, and the numbers of him playing point guard on the court with Porzingis last year, him on the court with Porzingis last year, he does have great numbers with Porzingis. So, I think the Knicks probably want to wait to see what he looks like with Porzingis and with Knox, and with Mitchell Robinson, and I think, look, I, if I'm the Knicks, I, I hear what you're saying on Frank, but my final thought on it is, if I'm the Knicks, I, I still want to see a, a starting five that consists of Mitchell Robinson, Porzingis, uh, Knox and Frank at some point, or at least a rotation that consists of that. All right. And, you know, look, this is, again, me not saying I'm giving up on Frank. I'm not giving up on Frank. I'm evaluating what I'm seeing at this point of his career. That's that's what you got to do, and it's not great. And it's, not again, not me saying that I'm done with him and that we wasted a pick on him. It He is young, and I'm giving him time. But the point that I'm making, and, and people listening to this, please fill me in. Why was it that people turned on Kevin Knox so quick into the season and, and defend Frank Nielakina? Like, I don't Because I don't Kevin it. Knox played for Kentucky. That's a good point. Uh, that, uh, That's, okay. I, mean, I think people are harder on him because of that. I'll be compl- I, I think that has, is part of it. Okay, but... Because he played for John Calipari, superstar school, McDonald's All-American. And Frank was a nobody from Nowheresville in France. Okay, and that's I, I, I guess think that's I part of that. it. I, I, I guess I could see that, but it's a, the Kentucky team wasn't great last year. They 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 never came together. It wasn't a great Kentucky team. So you know, it's just I I just think if we could do that to one, why can't we say something to criticize another one? You know, I again, I don't want to give up on Frank. I, I I hear what you're saying. I do want to continue to see him, and I'm cheering for him. I'm really am. But at this point, it's just not getting it done. Uh, but hopefully, he does. We need it. We absolutely need him to get going. It, it is vital. It can pull us out of this situation that we're in a whole lot faster if it does happen. So I, I like it. 
Uh, but with that being said, we'll leave it there. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show with Enos Cantor and what's been going on with him. Been frustrating about playing time. Now there's some trade rumors. So we'll weigh into that in just a, uh, in just a second after this short break. You're listening to the Nick State of Mind podcast. Hi, everybody. Matt Costello here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Nick State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Nick State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Welcome back to the Nick State of Mind Podcast as we wrap up the show here. Uh, we're going to discuss Enos Cantor. And over the last several weeks, a lot of frustration, not happy about uh, his reduced playing time. And, uh, you know, it, it already has talked to management about it. Uh, so it, it's becoming a little bit of a, uh, I think, a concern, a little bit of a potential distraction coming up. Uh, and, and now because of it, I think we're seeing some uh, trade rumors evolving a minute. And I know he, he said he didn't request a trade. He loves being in New York and all that good stuff. Uh, but it's becoming one of those tension uh, topics around the team right now. And uh, Chip, we'll start with you. Um, you know, what do you think about this whole situation? Do you think? And we'll start from this perspective. Uh, he's he's really frustrated about his his minutes being reduced. Do you think that's something the Knicks should be doing, or do you think Cantor is right here and that he's a guy that should be getting about thirty minutes or or close to thirty no. minutes a night? No, I don't think he should be getting 30 minutes a night. Not on this team. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure he's a 30 minute a night player on anyway, any team. Right. Defense, exactly. But right. certainly not on a, a team that's going through a youth movement and rebuilding. But uh, yeah, he's look, he's for all his talk about how he's Mr. New York, Mr. Nick. He, he's he's whining about his play. He's whining about his playing time. I mean, he went through. The first 35 games of the season, Cantor averaged 27 minutes a game. And he started 23 of those games. Um, and I guess uh, his his numbers have gone down, too. I, he, those games, he was 55% from the field, 14.9 points, 10.9 rebounds. And in the last six games, he got moved to the bench. He's averaging 22.1 minutes. His points are down 11.8, and his field goal percentage is way down, 47 and a half. Um, he's, look, and if you just watch him, you can tell he looks like he doesn't want to be out there. Right. I mean, specifically, uh, not, well, kind of against uh, uh, the war against the Warriors, but against that, uh, in that Utah game, I mean, when he was getting booed out of the building and they got massacred, oh yep. man, that was tough. And he to went oh, and he went oh for six. That was, it, he was like, he might as well have not even been there. Right. Like that was brutal. But, uh, yeah, he's look, um, the, the report came out today about uh, the Kings being interested in trading for him. Um, uh, Zach Randolph and his Cantor straight-up swap is obviously not going to happen. That's Zach Randolph is not enough for Ennis Cantor. Yeah. Um, Zach, Zach Randolph, I don't 
he uh, he hasn't even played all season long. Right. So he's obviously not going to be enough for a guy who's one of the better bench players in the entire league. Right. But uh, I think what what's probably being talked about now is what uh, Sacramento can add to the deal. Maybe uh, maybe one of their younger players that they'd be willing to get rid of. I saw on Twitter the Knicks should go after uh, the kid who went to Duke and kind of flamed out there, Harry Giles. Um, not sure if they'd be willing to get rid of him. I know they have a lot of younger players like that. They have uh, – they have, um, I think uh, – what's – they, they have, got a lot uh, of young players, man. They they draft so much guys over the years. You can't you can't even keep up with it. They got yeah, so many guys. I, 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 they draft so many guys. I'm trying. I, mean, yeah, I know I, I know his name off the top of my head. I I know Buddy Heald. That's about it. Does he even play for them? I don't even yeah, know. I don't even he know. does. I uh, you know what? They probably wouldn't be willing to get rid of the guy. I I said I, I'm thinking of Justin Jackson, the kid from oh North yeah Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah yeah. But he's probably too good for them to get rid of. He's, but um, but yeah, I mean, I I know I know Giles has has had a rough go. He's been he's hurt in the pros as he was a Duke. But um, I was uh, I'm a I'm a Duke fan, so I watched a lot of Justin Jackson in college too, and he was a stud in college. Absolutely, so I'd obviously I'd obviously take him. Absolutely, <laughs> but um. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if you read that post thing today, but Mark Berman reported that uh, the Knicks would not do a straight-up canter for Randolph. So, yeah, that it, I mean, I mean, we'll see. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that, and that would be a horrible move by the Knicks. Oh, yeah. But if the Knicks, if the Knicks can get the – uh, Kings to take on Tim Hardaway Jr.'s contract along with Cantor. God, that frees it, up. Yeah. Uh, it may be worth just taking on Randolph. Right. Do you, do you think? Well, it's I'm expiring it contracts, be. right. Uh, gosh, I think, you know, that would free up a max amount of cap space. For yeah. Them. I mean, that would be, gosh, I, I think I would be jumping up and down for a week straight. Uh, if we can unload those contracts, absolutely. With the free agency coming up with some of the players. And I know, again, the Knicks got to do some things in the draft if they're going to attract free agents. That's just the way it is. And, and going into this conversation, you know, I get why Enos Cannon is frustrated. I, I do. I, and the, However, that doesn't mean that I'm frustrated with Fisdale and his decisions. I, I support him. But, Not at all. You know, I, I get I get from Cantor's angle why he's upset. He worked hard this offseason, and his goal was to be an all-star. When you lose minutes, you're not going to be an all-star. You know, I think right now he's been hovering around 14 points, 10 rebounds a game, solid numbers, but not all-star numbers. And he's looking for those all-star minute numbers, and that's not the focus of the Knicks right now. And I get it, that's tough. We're developing young guys. And here's another thing. Cornette has been shooting the heck out of the basketball. Yeah, it's going to cut into your minutes. I mean, I'm sorry when somebody's playing like that. And when Mitchell Robinson's healthy, you're trying to get him to develop. You know, he didn't play college ball. He sat out a year. You need to get him out there. You got to get him running. And I know that's frustrating for Canner, but David Fisdale is doing the right thing. David Fisdale is doing the right thing. 
and it's tough because I love Canner, but it, it's what's necessary. And if you can't live with it, you know, look, I want Canner on the Knicks. I want him to be a part of the Knicks. But the problem is he wants a lot of money. You know, yes, he's a good rebounder. Yes, he, he can put the ball in the hoop. But at the end of the day, do I look at Cantor as a guy that's going to help the Knicks win a championship? No. So can we make a move to help us find guys that can help bring us a championship? Absolutely. And if he wants to be a part of it, he's going to have to sacrifice some things. And that's not something that it seems like he's willing to do. Because he does have a lot of offense ability, uh, but the defensive side ain't there. So I don't blame it one bit. And it's turning into a situation where it's kind of like, as much as I love Cantor, but if we can dump the contract, I'm all for it. But my God, Chip, you just made me very happy. I didn't even think about the Tim Hardaway situation in there. <laughs> I think I would cry uh, happy tears if we can trade him. And again, it's not that I don't think that Tim Hardaway Jr. Is a, is a nice player to have on your team. It's just that contract is stupid. That was the dumbest thing in the world. It was dumb. So I would love we said to it him. when they signed him. We yeah. said we said it when they signed him. We both said love the player, hate the contract. Absolutely, it's it's the doesn't it's make sense. Just the perfect way to describe it. Absolutely, and if we can get rid of it, I'm all for it. And, and you know, suck for Zion, suck for him. That's that's my oh, philosophy. God. Get some Absolutely. crappy players in there. Whatever it Let's takes lose. to get Zion. <laughs> yeah. Let's just lose. I'm enjoying it. I'm no. I'm a Nick fan, and this sounds terrible. I know it sounds abs- and it sounds absolutely horrible. And everybody goes, "Well, if we don't win, we're not going to attract Kevin Durant." Kevin Durant ain't coming. We got a crappy team. He ain't coming with this team. You, you get Zion, you. and then Zion—that's uh, going to attract a, a Kevin Durant to come. That's what's going to attract a Kyrie Irving. Not this crappy roster. Tim Hardaway Jr. is not attracting anybody. Anybody, okay? Enos Cantor not attracting anybody. Przingis does, and you bring in Zion. And there you go. You got something there. That's all I'm saying. So, Canner, I love you, but either accept it or let's make this trade happen. It's the best thing for us right now. So uh, we'll finish on that note. We'll wrap it up, and um, we'll be back next week for another episode of the Next Day in Mind podcast. Thanks for listening.